1: Hello everybody, it's Mark Kelly here, Chief Customer Officer and Co-Founder of this part of our ServiceNow series. I'm very, very happy to welcome Tim Woodruff to the show. Tim, delighted to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Good to be here. Tim, within the ServiceNow community, majority of people know you or know of you. Would you mind giving our our audience a little bit of an overview about your journey into the world of ServiceNow? When
2: I got started, it was Just kind of a, I think like most ServiceNow developers, just a happenstance sort of a thing. The company I was working for at the time was choosing between several ITSM platforms and ServiceNow was one of them. I was the trainer that was going to be teaching people about how to use it and also teaching the developer, the the team of developers that they were going to build how to build on it. I had no experience with any of those platforms, but they asked me for input and I did some research and I was like, ServiceNow seems like the one to do. So they went with it. And I trained their team on how to use it. I did a bunch of learning of my own and, and then trained the small team of developers that they had on it. And then they said, hey, do you want to be our developer and architect? And I was a software development before and had already worked in information security for a long time and information security development. I'd worked for that company for several years by that point. And I loved writing code. So I said, yeah, sure. And that, that was just how it happened. And then I've just been doing it ever since.
1: What have you been your kind of most recent role and what kind of work are you currently doing? So right now I'm working for
2: a company called Tanium who makes like endpoint management solutions. And they just do a lot of really cool stuff with your, your whole kind of endpoint environment. I'm building for them integrations between the Tanium platform and ServiceNow. Uh, The main one that I've been working on recently is an SDK, a software development kit that is in ServiceNow. That allows you to basically build your own integrations and allows me to build other integrations on top of it really easily. Uh, So instead of kind of reinventing the wheel and figuring out how do I do authentication and how do I do uh, this API call and how do I parse the response and all that kind of stuff. Every time you want to build something new that integrates with Tanium, you just call one method of my APIs, and I mean like JavaScript APIs in service now, and it figures all that out for you and returns something meaningful or takes some action and tells you how it did and stuff like that. It's allowed us to build some really cool stuff, and I've been adding more and more features to the SDK over time. It's been a lot of fun. Turns out I really like building SDKs. So I've started spinning up a bunch of side projects to build SDKs for other stuff like OpenAI and some other things that just make any other kind of custom integrations you might have really easy for any other ServiceNow developer out there. I, most of my tools, if people are familiar with my site or my books, SN Pro Tips or the Development Handbook or any of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. probably have seen I write a lot of tools that are developer centric. I write fewer tools for companies that are, here's how to do some process in the platform with my application. It's more like, hey, developers, I wrote a thing that makes development easier and better, update set-based tools or all kinds of stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the ServiceNow Development Handbook. For people that actually don't know about it, what was the purpose about it? How did it actually come about?
2: Originally, it started as I was working for a client of mine. And they wanted me to, they had an internal service net development team, but they were pretty green. So they brought me on to do a bunch of work and to do their technical architecture and code reviews and stuff. And I noticed that I was giving the same feedback over and over again, because, you know, you have this problem of tribal knowledge, especially in larger teams. You help one person with one thing and. That's great. They've leveled up now, but the rest of the team doesn't know that one thing. How do you share that knowledge? So I had this process of, I would do code reviews, give feedback, and I would write down all the feedback that I gave, and I would see what nuggets I could extract from that and share with the rest of the team in a newsletter. I started taking that newsletter and turning it into a big document of like the bullet points of all the big, important stuff that I'd shared before that people could reference. So if we had some new hire, they could reference the previous tips and I wouldn't have to keep repeating things. And then at a certain point, they said, can you just write one big giant thing that is our entire development standards and best practices, all the pitfalls and caveats that you've ever seen in the platform, anything you've seen from your code reviews with our people or just with any other client, just everything. Just write everything down, Tim. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. But I told, I told them, them I won't charge you for it if you let me have the rights to it. Because I might be able I might be able to turn this into a blog for SN Pro tips or something like that. And I they they agreed. So I didn't charge them to write those docs. And I did turn it into a bunch of little articles at first. And then I realized the size. I mean, it it it, it had got up to about a hundred pages of documentation before I left that company, and I was like, you know, this is like the beginnings of a book. So I kept working on it, worked on the structure, I reengineered it into a waterfall model, which is how I write most of my books. I'll write I'll write the chapter headings, and then I'll write the chapter subheadings, and then in under every chapter subheading, I'll start like a bulleted list, and then I'll just go in and expand on whatever section I feel like expanding on that day. And turn the list into content. And I ended up just accidentally writing the ServiceNow Development Handbook. The handbook is really geared more toward people who have at least a little bit of experience or have gone through a lot of training and are really ready to level up their knowledge. It's not going to teach you JavaScript, but it's going to teach you how to take your JavaScript knowledge and specifically in the context of ServiceNow, how to understand the sort of underlying engine, both like the core JavaScript engine and ServiceNow specific implementation of it, which is based on Mozilla Rhino, a Java based implementation of JavaScript, it leads to a lot of weirdness, especially since it's an old version. So it's specific, it's ServiceNow specific, it's JavaScript, like Focus, so it's like code focused, but there's also a lot in there. And the reason I mentioned that is because you, if you're just an administrator and not a developer, it's probably not for you. It's if you're a developer, I wouldn't want people to spend money on it and then feel they weren't getting what they, they were, but it's also got a lot of stuff in there that is helpful for administrators and especially architects or people who want to be technical architects because that's the kind of the audience that it was geared toward was developers and technical architects. And it's what I was when I was writing it, it is now in its third edition, and I'm working on the fourth edition very slowly. It's probably far away, but the third edition I'm very proud of. It's got 40% new content. So the editions are not just little incremental changes, because again, I don't want people to buy the book and feel cheated if they, especially if they have the previous edition, but that's just how it came about. I've just been iterating on that documentation that I originally wrote for that one customer for the last like couple years.
0: You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com.
1: Pretty creating the books and you're getting feedback and you're working on it as well, how do you juggle all the different insights and feedback loops? And how do you just keep that kind of mind to be able to work through all these different challenges? I
2: just kind of hyper focus a lot. I
1: am autistic and have ADHD
2: and my brain is weird, but one of the cool things that it does is hyper focus. And I just, I don't tend to get distracted from doing that. But, um, you know, you, you find ways to put yourself into a flow state and you just live there for a while. Um, and then you come out of it when you have to pee or something and you come back and you go, wow, I did a lot of there. And I, I kind of split my focus between multiple things, because I like to keep my brain taxed at maximum capacity. And I've got a four by four or a two by two monitor array, four monitors. They're all curved and like surrounding me. And I'll have like, whenever I'm working on a book, I'll have that book open on one monitor. I'll have some documentation on another, some code on another, and then some client platform in in another. And then I'm just kind of like moving around doing whatever thing is most interesting to my brain. And that way I never get distracted from work because the only things there to distract me are other work.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Tim, you've got your beautiful dog, Esri, and she might distract you, but um, I, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, is oh, she was, is, is she still there? She
2: is currently curled up by my
1: gonna, friend. If, if probably one of the nicest looking dogs I've ever seen in my life. Such a nice... Uh, Placid uh, temperament. Oh, there she is.
2: He's such a sweet dog. She's always just like hanging out by me while I'm working. My constant buddy.
1: Tim, thank you very much for your time today. My final question before we close off is where do you see the platform evolving to in the future?
2: My hope is that in the future. We'll have two ways of interacting with the platform as developers. One is the junior to low mid level developer experience or the citizen developer experience, and that is flow designer and these spokes and like a lot of drag and drop stuff, but also with the ability to write code, it's just not always necessary. And the other is the high code really senior developer nerd experience, which has more capabilities, more functionality and more customizability. The difference between Android and Apple is the customizability. And I think that instead of ServiceNow being one or the other, I think they could present this experience for one and that experience for the other. And it's very recently I have become a little bit hopeful that they will move in that direction rather than just the walled garden model. So that's what I'm excited for in the mid-future regarding the platform. And I'm also very hopeful about it. And I hope that they continue what they've done with the Utah release, which has been very developer-friendly. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they actually end up doing.
1: Tim, thank you very much for your time today.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I hope you have a great one.